0: Oh my gosh, hope. We, um, 23 months ago, say 23, 23 months ago, we would launch a church called Meadows. And in fact, today is our 23 month anniversary. I don't know if Casey said that to the day. And yeah, praise God, a movement. I'll tell you that I reflected back on the first service that we did. The first series was called Why Church? We wanted, we wanted to really ask the honest question, why, why, why move to do this? Why uproot everything? Why start another church? Aren't there enough churches? And what's the purpose of church anyway? I did studies for that first message that, I, that we taught. You know, you know what it showed me? It said 20% of people or 20% of Americans um, don't go to, or what was it? 20% of Americans go to church on a regular basis. That's it. So 80%, no. And I'm like, wow. So there's a lot of people that aren't on board with it. of Americans have a favorable view of church. That means 78% don't, when they even think of church, it's not a positive thought. And I thought, why is that? You know, what what happened? Where where did we get off track from what the church is supposed to be? So as I researched, I looked for um, the the common answers that people would give not to go to church. Now, I know that you've never made excuses about trying to get out of church. I'm talking about other people, right? (laughs) I would never. I would never. Um, So... Here were the top answers. Number one is I didn't feel welcome. I go to a church, I just don't feel welcome there. By the way, welcome home, man. We're glad that you're here. We're super excited that you're here. Um, number two, it's hypocritical. There's hypocrites in the church, right? And I always say to that, I always say, at least you are in church, right? I mean, if you're a hypocrite, at least you're in church. I mean, every week there's a hypocrite. They give them the mic every week. It's nuts. I mean, probably, probably the biggest one here is the guy you're listening to. Um, I'm not into organized religion. Religion's not my thing. You know, it wasn't Jesus's thing either. It's kind of funny. We'll talk more about that later. I don't trust the church. There's scandals in the church. There's, there's money stuff that happens in the church and there's affairs that happen in the church. True. I won't argue that. I mean, there's, they happen outside the church too. I mean, anytime you put people, I don't care if it's in a church or anywhere else, there's a good chance that could happen. As soon as we, as soon as we show up, things can get messed up. Fair. So yeah, I I agree, that can happen. But it's the last one that really got me. This is because this was me, this was my excuse. It's a waste of time, it's what I thought. It's what I thought, it's just a waste of my time. Like my time's valuable, so is yours. So an hour, hour and a half every Sunday, I'm getting nothing out of it, I don't get it. It doesn't make a difference in my life, why would I go? That was my reason, that's why I left the church at 18. But, But my story, so I grew up in a Catholic church I actually went to Catholic grade school through eighth grade, red sweater, white, pant, or white, white shirt, red sweater, blue pants every day for eight, eight, uh, eight years. Um, and I don't have anything against, like, I'll never, like, badmouth the Catholic church. I, I, that's where I got my foundation for Jesus, okay? But I'll tell you there's things I didn't get. Like, there's things that I didn't understand. Like, the priest would say, hey, and I've said this before, the priest would say, okay, grab your hymnals or your songbook, and he'd say, go to hymn 349, and he'd say, we're going to sing verses 1 to... And four. And I'm like, what? What? What about verse three? Like, what's what do we got wrong with? What's wrong with verse three? But we'd skip. St- so I'm like, I don't get that. The other thing that was kind of weird for me, as I reflect back at the, my upbringing, is my first communion, I was in second grade. Well, it was a party. Because you know what I got? Wine. Like, not grape juice. Like, they didn't mess around with grape juice. It was wine. I probably weighed 40 pounds. And I was, like, doing shots of wine. I mean, this is a picture of me. This is This is... <laughs> yes. So, that is me. It's not that funny, Casey. So, that is me. After my first communion, we got home and my mom took that picture of me with my little plaque. I don't remember that. I was completely hammered. Don't know. Don't even remember it. You know? The wine. You know? It was terrible. So, um, <laughs> I'll tell you. Look at that. That's gangster though, isn't it? Look at that. Co- I mean, come on. Okay, you can remove that. Oh, thank you. So, I'll tell you a funny story about the wine thing. Um, it was real wine. Uh, I was an altar boy. This was, I was probably sixth grade, and me and this me and my buddy are being an altar boy for a funeral. Now you need to know that was a good gig because altar boys, when we do funerals, you get paid. So like like this is so bad, but I, I'm telling you, I literally literally like pray to God. I'm like God, you know Ethel's like 80 years old. It's probably time to take her home, isn't it? I mean, I gotta buy a bike, so that's horrible, horrible. But before before a funeral, me and my buddy, we were we had some time to kill. Wait, that's a poor choice of words. We 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 were in the back and um, the, the refrigerator was there and I said, should we? And he's like, yeah, we should. So we grabbed the wine and we did start doing a, a few stories of it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This is just what I did. And, uh, and it wasn't because it tasted good. I mean, I've never drank paint thinner, but I'm guessing it's got to be something similar to this. It was horrible it's like the so bad, but that didn't stop us from taking shots. I mean, it was, and if my mom would have found out that happened, it would have been my funeral. I'm not kidding you, it would have been, I would have been in big trouble, buddy. I and mom, I say it every week. If you're watching, I'm sorry, every week she, she learned something new about what her son did, but it, it, it made for a party. But, um, I already shared with you at 18 years old, I would leave the church. I would, and, and this is not uncommon. This isn't just the Catholic upbringing, this is, this is a, lot of, a lot of kids, a lot of students. At 18, when mom or dad isn't making you go, they leave. And they go do their own thing. Very common, I believe. That was my story. I thought, I'm going to go do my thing. I'm going to party, girls, college, all that stuff. That was my plan. And it's only until God brought me to my knees through stupid decisions that I made, ultimately through a drug addiction that was horrible, that brought me back to the church. 15 plus years later, God would bring me back to the church. And the church that I went back to, I learned something right away that blew me away about the church that I never knew. And I'm going to show it to you in Scripture. In Ephesians 1, 22 and 23, this is a book in the New Testament that Paul wrote, a guy named Paul who was transformed by Jesus. He wrote this, and I remember reading this, and the pastor was teaching on it, and I'm like, I, it just blew me away. Because to me, the church was like, it's the building, you know, it's the steeple, it's the cross. You know, this is, this is a description of the church. It says, God has put all things under the authority of Christ. And has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. And I had to stop right there and think, oh my gosh, the church must be critical. God has put all things under the authority of Christ. Okay, God, I get that. Jesus, your son, he's a big deal. But it's all for the benefit of the church? Like, this is what I ran from. And then verse 23, and the church is his body. The church is the Christ body and it is made full and complete by Christ who fills all things with his, excuse me, fills all things everywhere with himself. And I thought to myself, wow, the church is the body of Christ. It's not some building. It's like people. It is the body. Say, I'm the body. You're the body. You're the body. But here's what most people would say. This is most people outside the church. Most people outside the church they have a favorable view of Jesus. Most people do. Like when you say Jesus to somebody, they don't, most people don't get too offended. It's like, oh yeah, I believe he existed. Whether he was God or not, I don't know, but nice guy, did great things. All. But do you know, so most people don't have a problem with that. Most of those same people, when you mention the church, it's not a favorable view. So that's a problem. According to what I just read there, that's a problem. Guys, that is like saying to your wife, or your girlfriend, or maybe even a girl that is hot that you want to date. That's like you walking up to her and saying, hey, baby, I like you. I just don't like your body. Okay, now, I pray to God nobody's that dumb. Okay? <laughs> if you are, we'll break out the communion wine, because we're going to be doing a funeral. It'll be yours. Okay? You, you don't, but that's what you're saying. I, like, I just don't like your body. This is The the head is Christ. The body is the church. They are connected together. That's why my main point for the very first message that I taught, you know what it was? Jesus Christ will never lead you on a path away from his church. He never would. It makes zero sense. I left the church, but, but I didn't think I was leaving Jesus. I'm like, oh, I believe in Jesus. Me and him are good. I don't need something else. I'm telling you, when you're sold out to Jesus, eventually you'll sell out to the church. And if you're not, there's something that's missing. And I learned that in my life, because Jesus would never lead me down a path away from his church. But people are leaving the church, it's true. People are leaving the faith. But, but guess what, so, so our faith, the Christian faith is kind of crazy. I'll tell you straight up, it's called faith for a reason. It takes faith to believe it. And if you step back and believe what we believe, um, it takes faith. I mean, so God, there's a God that spoke the world into existence. Like he spoke and it just happened. Seven day creation, that's a stretch. a a flood that flooded the world, and then a family that built a boat and saved mankind. Okay, that's a stretch. Okay, a dude was swallowed by a fish, lived in the guts of a fish for three days. Now, I like fish, but not that much. That's disgusting. That happened? That's what we would say. People living to over 900 years old. Okay, I'm I'm going to say it. I'm grateful that doesn't happen anymore. Thank you, God. I don't even know if I want to live to be 90. I mean, it's hard as you get older. I'm not kidding you. I, earlier this year, I I threw my back out, and some of you know that, and it rendered me, like, like, ladies, you already know this, but when a guy is hurting in any area of his body, it renders us completely helpless. It just does. That's the way God made us. I'm sorry, but I'm laying on the bed and I'm like, I'm, I won't lay down. I was going to, but uh, I'm laying on the bed and I, I can hardly move and I'm complaining. I'm like, oh, oh, oh. And I said, Jody, I need, just take me out. I said, take me out. Two seconds later, she had a pillow over my face. I said, what are you doing? I'm kidding. God. She's like, well, you said, are you kidding me? I still need to put up cameras in the house. I'm going to do that. Because if something happens, Isis is like, are you kidding me? Oh my gosh, what was I doing? Oh yeah, so how, okay, so, so those, those things are a stretch. What about suffering? What about, what about not just suffering in the world, but, but how could God send people to hell? The Bible says that most people are going to go to hell. I don't want to put a damper on our party here, but that's what the Bible says. Wait a minute, you, you serve a good God, and most people aren't going to go to heaven, I don't, how do you How do you reconcile that? That's your faith? Suffering? What about suffering? I read a story of a New Testament scholar. This is a dude that studies the Bible for a living and helps people understand it. Left the faith recently. Embraced atheism. Do you know why? Because of suffering in the world. That's why he did it. I, I, what I would say to that guy is this. Listen, our fa- the foundation of our faith isn't it isn't based on some God that doesn't allow suffering Jesus said you're gonna have trouble The foundation of our faith is that in the suffering and in the struggle We have a God who will walk with us who will love us who will comfort us and who will bring us to a new place Of hope and healing that's the foundation It isn't that you're not gonna suffer But that's what he thought And then there's the then there's the final thing and this is what i'm gonna this this where we're gonna park today What about the Bible? What about this Old and New Testament? Okay, the Old Testament, my gosh, I read these stories about God and you say he's a God of love. Nations are getting wiped out. Seems vengeful. He seems violent. That's the God and then your face says God doesn't change, but yet in the New Testament, through his son Jesus, there's this man who's humble and loving and grace-filled. I don't get it. Like, if your God doesn't change, how in the heck are you going to explain that? I don't get it. Well, that's where we're going. This is where we're going. Who's this message for today? The Old Testament, the ancient Israelites who are the center kind of of that story, the whole purpose of that is to point us to something new. That is the whole purpose of the old covenant or old testament did you know that it's to get us to something new somebody in this place you are desperate for something new in your life i mean you're desperate for it it might be a new it might be a new job it might be a new relationship it might be a new way of thinking or a new way of living but i promise you i already know it because this message was laid on my heart long before what went down this week you want something new turn to two people tell them i want something new tell them I want. I'm ready for something new. You want something new, and we're going to introduce you to it. So, let, 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 but to appreciate the new, say new, new. To appreciate that word you just said, you got to understand the old. Otherwise, you're not going to appreciate the new. So, the old. Let's go there for a second. It's an old. It's 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 the old testament or old covenant, and it and it started with a man named Abraham, and and it was given to him. And, he, and out of that would come the Israelites, the, the, these, the, these chosen little remnant of people. So I'm going to start with some scripture. And normally I preach on one scripture and kind of pull it apart. Today's going to be a little different. I'm going to kind of scatter throughout. So it's going to be probably hard to track in your Bibles, but I do want you to underline if you can or bring them. But I'll have it on the screen. I'm going to start in Genesis. I'm going to give you one or two verses in Genesis. This is where the covenant began, that old covenant. So check it out. God is speaking to Abraham. Genesis 12, 2 and 3, the very first book of the Bible. I will make you a great nation, Abraham. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse those. Those who treat you with contempt. All the families on the earth will be blessed through you. This is the covenant that was given to Abraham and the Israelites, and from Abraham would be birthed the Israelite nation. Abraham, 100 years old, dude had no kids yet. God did a miracle. He had kids. He had sons. One of them, Isaac. Isaac had a family. One of them, Jacob. And from Jacob and this lineage comes these, the Israelites, the ancient Israelite people. That's who you read about throughout the entire Old Testament. That's them. So you might know the story. Soon after they grew and got bigger, they ended up in Egypt. Egypt was the most powerful nation in the world at this time. And the Israelites were in slavery. Long time, 400 years, slavery, breaking rocks, doing the grind, and uh, God sent a man named Moses. Come on, you know the story. Moses goes in there, let my people go, and he leads the Israelites through the Red Sea, Jesus or God parting the water, and they walk through it, and it's a miracle. And they get through the Red Sea, and now they're at this holding period right before the promised land. And that's when, that's, you know this story, that's when Moses would go to Mount Sinai, Right? Remember the Ten Commandments? You know the Ten Commandments, right? Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not lie. Thou shalt not drive slower than the speed limit. Okay, okay, man, that's not in there, but it should be. I'm not, it's not straight up. If I was God, which praise God, I'm not, but if I was, that would be in there. I would get more specific though, Casey. It wouldn't be just that, it'd be like, Thou shalt not drive in the left lane while people continually pass you on the right lane. Okay, listen to me. If you're doing that, knock it off. There's something wrong with you. Stop it. It's like that is the passing lane, not the I'm oblivious to everything going on lane, okay? That's not what it is. So rant over for now. So the 10 commandments. God gives the commandments and check it out. So the Israelites, remember God is setting them apart. God is using them as an example to point us to something what? new. To point us to something new. So, the, the, God gives a, a commands to, to Moses. Listen to what Moses says to the Israelites at the mountain. This is Exodus 24. Then he took a book of the covenant and read it to the people. And they responded. Listen to the Israelites' response. This is key. They responded, okay, we will do everything the Lord has said. We will obey. That's what they said. That's what they wanted to do. Moses then goes up the mountain again to actually get the stone tablets from God. Moses is up the mountain. And like a few chapters later, remember, they just said, we're all in. We'll obey. Listen to what goes down. You can't make this stuff up. Exodus 32. When the people saw how long it was taking Moses to come down from the mountain, they gathered around Aaron, Moses' brother. Kind of the guy in charge right now on the ground. Come on! Come on! Make us some gods that will lead us. We don't know what happened to that dude Moses who brought us out of here, but, but we want you to do this. So Aaron, you think Aaron would be like, listen, you morons, you just said you're going to obey and it's going to be God and it's just him and it's only him. Right? The first and greatest commandment was what? It was, it was, you'll have no other gods before me. That's when they said, that's when they said, we'll obey no other gods. They're literally asking for another god. Like, like the next day. It's like, hey, yeah. So so Aaron, Aaron, you think Aaron's going to come through, but Aaron's not a good wingman. Aaron, Aaron said, all right, take the gold rings from the gals, your wives, your daughters, bring them to me. And in verse three, all the people took off their gold rings and their earrings and every, all their bling. And they brought it to Aaron and Aaron took it, melted it down, made it into the shape of a calf. When the people saw it, listen to what they said, remember? We'll have no other gods before you, God. We will obey. This is what they said. Talk about delirious. Oh, Israel, these now are the gods that brought us out of the land of Egypt. What? What are you smoking? Okay. That is a statue of a cow. Okay. That didn't take you out of it. But this is where they're at. This is what they're, that's what they just said. Like, it is so crazy. So that, what I just shared with you, that is the history of the Old Testament, It is a continual pattern of of, of Israel going back to their old ways, going to the old, going to the old. In fact, what you'll read in like a few verses later or a few few books later in Samuel, then they wanted a king. They wanted a king. They said, we want to be like the other nations. They got kings. We want kings. But God never intended Israel to have a king other than him. You hear of King David, King Solomon, King Saul, the first king. That was never supposed to be the plan. It's because of what the people wanted. God said, Fine. You, God? Says, okay, I'm not gonna force you, I'm not some puppeteer. Have your way. And listen to what they said in 1 Samuel 8:20. They said, With this king, we'll be like the others, with, with a king to lead us and go out before us and fight our battles. But I just told you, God's plan wasn't them for, for them to be like other nations. God's plan for the Israelites was to be different. That was the whole goal. The old and the new, they kept going back to the old. And you can hardly blame them. They're used to gods they can see and touch. They're used to gods that are multiple, not just one. They got comfortable with it. There's a scripture, I think it's Exodus 12 or whatever. I don't even have it up there, but I'll tell you, there's a statement that the Israelites make to Moses. They literally tell Moses, why did you take us out of slavery? We wish we were back in Egypt in slavery. Think of that statement. We are, that is the most dysfunctional thing you can say, but that's how desperate they are for something old, something familiar. See, that's what the old is in your life. It might be something comfortable. It might be familiar, but it's wrong. Guys, I'll pick on us for a second. That pair of underwear that you won't let go of, it's old. It's wrong. When you hold it up, you can see through it, okay? It's a waistband with a rag hanging off of it, okay? But we can't get rid of it. And then when we turn our back, our wives get rid of it, don't they, Jody? Yeah, yeah. I still haven't found my jean shorts, but, but uh, that's a whole nother thing. So um, I haven't, haven't found them. So, uh, <laughs> But we hold on to the old. We <laughs> if you want something new, say new. You got to do something different. I want something new for us. God wants something new for us. I don't want what other people have. I don't think you do either. You don't want normal. You don't want what the crowd has. What the world offers you, the old, you know what it is? Debt, okay? Financial Peace University. This is your last chance, by the way. Most people have not taken Financial Peace University, okay? My prayer, if you've never taken it, you'll spend nine weeks, one one oh my gosh. It'll change your life. just That's all I'll tell you. It'll change your life. But most people have debt. Most people have depression. Most people have anxiety. Most people have a low self-worth. Most people have fear. See, this is what the crowd offers. Do you want that? After all, the last time I checked, you weren't created to follow the crowd. See, you were created to follow Christ. And when you follow Jesus, you're not going to fit in. You're going to stand out because he's created you for something new. New. I want new God. I need it. And this is the main point. This is it. Don't choose settle for the old when God has called you to something new. Don't do it. Do not do it don't settle for the old when your God has called you to something new. Have you ever seen something new coming to life? Have you ever seen something new coming up out of the ground? Have you ever, it's such a, it's hard to put into words when you see the new. Like I get to see it in our church. I'm telling you, God is doing something supernatural. This is his church. I can't put my finger on it. I can't explain it. I can't. The old is gone, God says, and the new is here. Somebody say, New. That's what it looks like. You can't describe it. You can just take it in and say, God, do something new that only you can do. In my life, I want that for us. But if we want something new, we need to do something different, church. God desperately knew He needed something new for humanity. As he looked at the Israelites' plight in the Old Testament, he said they need something new. It's what the Old Testament was all about. I could say it this way, ancient Israel was a means to an end. It was to point them to something new. It was to show them that they couldn't do it. It was to show us that there's a better way. This is why a man named Jesus would step in history as a human being to ultimately turn mankind upside down through him and a movement called his church. The hope of the world, it's you. I'll give away the whole series. It's you. It's his church. 2,000 years ago, the church was on fire. No pun intended. Um, Not some religious organization the church. See, that was my thinking growing up. It was it was about religion for me. I don't blame the church. It was just my thinking that uh, the church was the building. The church was the rituals. The church was this doing this right and doing that right. Listen to me. Look up here. I could never do it right. I, I, I kept screwing up. I was the kid drinking the communion wine, remember? I wasn't doing it right. And I kept messing up. And I, I, I thought, God's mad at me. God, now God's mad at me and I'm back down here again. And now I got to work my way back up here because I got to earn my good graces with God. I got to earn my good graces with the church. But listen to me, when the law becomes more important than love, when, when rules take precedent over relationship, that is a good, good indicator that we are aiming at the wrong target, okay? Jesus Christ didn't come to create more rules. He didn't come to make you more religious. He came to set you free and show you the love of the Father. That's why he came. That's why Jesus is here. We won't settle for the old because today we want something new. Why did God change from the old to the New Testament? He didn't. The covenant changed. That's the difference do you see the covenant with the Israelite people the commandments all that that was to point us to something new to a new covenant say new a new covenant God didn't change the covenant is what changed that is the key I'm gonna show you a scripture from the New Testament Hebrews 8 6 listen to this this is after Jesus now but now Jesus Our high priest has been given a ministry that is far superior to any old priesthood. Any of the old rituals, the animal sacrifices, it's all gone. There's something superior, for He is the one now who mediates for us a far better covenant with God, based on better promises. So you're saying, I can just disregard the Old Testament. No, I, I'm not saying that. I wouldn't rip it out of your Bibles just yet. It's pretty critical. You got, you better know, you better understand the old before you can understand the new. I'm, I'm, I, this is what I'm saying. With what, what, what the Ten Commandments, you don't need those anymore, right? Here's the, principle, the thing about the Ten Commandments. It was a bad idea to kill people 2,000 years ago and still frowned upon today. So we shouldn't do that, but Jesus made them simpler. We took the 10 and added 600 more on them. That's what the old, that's what the the religious people did. You know what Jesus did? Made it simpler. Not easier. It's not easy what he said. It's simple. Jesus said, I can sum all that up for you. All the law, all the prophets, all the 10 and the 600 plus that you added to it. I'll sum it up. Love my father and love others. That's all he said. That's it. Sounds easy. It's not. It's worth it. Jesus modeled it like none other. You know what was, you know what made Jesus so attractive? One of the many things? He loved people that were nothing like him. Nothing like him. Sinless, spotless, lamb of God, Jesus Christ. Hung out with those who were spotted. Black on the inside. Sinners. He loved people that were nothing like him. And guess what? The people that were nothing like him, loved him. Why? Why? God is raising up a church I truly believe what went down this weekend or this week in our church devil you screwed yourself you 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 okay I'm not gonna say that I'm trying to get better so you you screwed yourself I'll leave it at that you have you've woken up a giant our God something new There's a story, the newness that you saw in the baptisms, it's incredible. See, when you're changed like that, it's gonna change you. And if your, your faith hasn't changed you, it probably hasn't saved you. I'm just saying, I'm just, it, it, it's the Holy Spirit inside of you will change you. It, it's not negotiable, it's what he does. It happened to a woman in China. I read a story of a pastor that went to China and there it's a different ball game. But this woman heard about the gospel of Jesus that this man named that who's the son of God died on a cross and rose from the dead. She bought into it. Sold out to it. She did. She, like, surrendered to it. Guess what? It changed her. She was telling the pastor the story of her life and she said, Pastor, it's crazy. Closest church is two hours away. One way. Travels to church two hours to get there. Didn't complain about it. She said, that's what I do. Carries her Bible. Can't get caught with the Bible. Could get killed. Can't get caught going to where she was going. Could get killed. And she asked the pastor a question blew him away he couldn't answer it she said why don't most people in america even go to church most christians he said it just floored him he couldn't answer it it just kind of hung with him i guarantee that woman you try to stop her from going to church good luck she'll run you over (laughs) try to try to take her bible you'll have to pry it out of her hands that's the way it is but i'll be i'll be very straight up with you you know me i'm just going to say it like it is as a campus pastor, before I came here, I was a campus pastor in Sioux Falls, and we had a permanent location, um, and we had a lost and found. You know what was in it? Bibles. And I'm not judging anybody. My gosh, at least they were bringing a Bible to the church. I I wasn't. But that's what was in it. I mean, 95% of what was in there every week was Bibles, more Bibles, more Bibles. And rarely was anybody coming back for them. I mean, it was like, and I'm, I'm just saying what it is. I'm not judging anybody. Again, they brought them. I wasn't. One time a guy, this is funny, one time a guy, he forgot his cell phone. So that was different, okay? So he, church is done, I'm home, services are done. Well, he's texting me and he's like, Pastor, if I my phone or I've dropped, I left my phone at church. I'm like, hey, I said, I'm busy right now, but I'll, I can meet you later on. He's like, okay, don't let me know when. I'm pretty sure he drove to the parking lot and just like waited there for hours for me. And I don't know why he wanted it back so bad. When I went through it and read the text and looked at the pictures, it wasn't nothing that great, you know? I'm just saying. I'm just kidding I didn't do that I tried but I, I locked myself out of it so uh, um, <laughs> but he wanted that and I'm, I'm just God wants to do something new that woman in China something new would happen you couldn't dispute it I can relate to that when we moved here two years ago me and ten others and we moved here for something new moving here was something new I'll be honest with you it was pretty new It was uncomfortable you guys scared me (laughs) but we did it and uh and now this is you this you're the church but we do we did that and we had a dream for the church that we would be different that we would be able to love in such a way that it would be noticeable that we would be able to lead you to Jesus and your God-given purpose say purpose you've got a purpose don't you ever forget it That we had this dream to help you live out the dream that god's given you that's our dream because i know that if you can live out the dream that god has given you and everybody's doing that we'll change omaha we'll change the world the first church changed the world the hope of the world that's what i believe god wants to do in us and then i look at what happened this week and our trailer gets stolen and burnt to the ground all this and i think god this is so awesome people are getting a picture of what the church really is i was blown away so many people you how can we help? What can we do? People giving financially, people giving other time, people setting up yesterday. I'm like, oh my gosh. Heck, next time I'll burn the trailer up if that's what happens. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> we'll take that out for evidence. I don't want that in the video. So, uh, uh, <laughs> so I, I, I watched, and then I watched other churches wrap around me here. Two, two, fr- two dear friends I have in other churches. See, I love churches. I don't just love meadows. I love churches that are lifting up the name of Jesus Christ. I want to partner with them. I really do. I don't care. I didn't come here to just plant meadows. We're going to plant churches. We're going to love other churches. I just want people to fall in love with Jesus and the church is all I care about. That's it. And they're pouring in. Pastor, one guy texted me this morning. He's in a church plant, temporary building. They're struggling to get traction. And he texts me, Pastor, we're praying for meadows this morning. I'm like, this is the church. This is God's people doing what they're called to do. <laughs> that video I posted, I don't know if you saw it, but it's it, it, a dude for, it, it, it's made its way to Australia. A guy from Australia, he typed, he's like, G'day mate. He didn't say it, but I got, I got to talk like he would talk. So, G'day mate, he said, love from Australia, good message. And I was like, yeah, let's throw another shrimp on the barbie, you know, or on the trailer. You know, God's doing something. We're getting off track. God's doing something let go of something old somebody i don't know what it is for you maybe it's your maybe it's your vision of church maybe it's your perception of church you're the church this church will only go as far as i can i can help us go and you go it's all the farther it's going to go you're the church not the trailer not the building not the stuff you're the church what are you going to let go of let's just close it out i'll tell you this what are you gonna let go of? It might be a behavior that you're in. It might be an addiction that, that's killing you on the inside. It might be a thought, an idea. Listen to me. What what the old that you need to let go of, it might be something good. The trailer, you know what one woman texted me or or put it in the comments? This blew me away because this message was prepared before this trailer incident went down. You know what she said? It's like she's reading my notes. She's like, Pastor. Sounds to me like what was in the trailer was old and God wanted something new. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you just gave him the main point. You should preach. I'm mean, this is amazing. So I'm ready to give you a tithe right now. So I was I was and I thought, okay, God, you're doing something new. What is it for you? What if you need to let go of something good so God can give you something great? I don't know what it is for you. I can tell for somebody in this place, it starts with the one who makes things new, Jesus Christ. Nothing is going to happen unless I can help you get this, unless I can, I can't help you. I can only tell you what God says. The spirit of the Lord will change you and and he'll make you new. For somebody here, you need to call on the name of Jesus. Accept him as your Lord and Savior. Believe that Jesus is God's son. It's real. Believe that he died on a cross. It's real. Believe three days later he rose from the dead. It's real. Trust me. Trust God. Don't trust me. Trust God. It's what he said. And the Bible says when you call on his name, you'll be saved. And like that woman in China, you'll be changed. It might not happen immediately, but it'll happen eventually. Because Jesus Christ changes everybody he meets. But make no mistake, I'm telling you something. The Old, of the Old Covenant, of the Old Testament, the whole, the whole reason was to point to a king named Jesus, a Savior. That was what the Old Testament did. Pointing to Jesus, pointing to something new, something better. This is what he does. Not religion, not religion. Religion is Christ plus something. Always plus something. Oh, it's Christ plus I need to do this. Plus I need to talk this way, I need to dress this way, I need to add something to it. That's what got him in trouble in the first place. I need to add this and do that and do this and earn this. That's what I thought. It's not that. It's that the gospel is Christ plus nothing. So take the pressure off yourself. Look to the cross and see that you don't have to do anything because it's already been done. You just need to believe it and receive it. Come on, somebody. I want that. I'm going to pray for you and invite the rest of the team up. I'm going to pray that you will do whatever God is telling you to do today. You need to let go of the old and embrace the new, whatever that looks like. That's what God wants for you. Father, in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, I thank you for the old. Because without the old, we can't really understand or even appreciate the new. I also thank you that we don't have to live that way anymore. That there's no more sacrifices. There's no more of those rituals and all these things that have to be done to get made right with you. But because of your son, Jesus Christ, and what he did, and the ultimate sacrifice, we don't have to do anything. We just have to believe by faith that it is true and surrender our lives to it. Every part of us. When we do that, you'll do something new in our lives, in our relationships, in our marriages, in our singleness, in our family, with our kids, in our schools, in our communities. We believe that the ripple effect will, will manifest on and on, all the way to Australia and beyond. That's what we believe you want to do through what you're doing, God. Have your way in this place. We love you. We give you glory. We thank you for new beginnings. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody says? Amen.